0: Welcome to episode 17 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football podcast. I am your host, Simon Pike, and I'm joined today by the John Connor of fantasy football, Dr. Josh Valeroso. Welcome, Josh.
1: Hi, Spike. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it.
0: No worries. Uh, It's great to see you after uh, a long hiatus for both the pod and also Mm -hmm. from seeing you. I think we got together in in April, didn't we? But I, I haven't seen... Uh, anyone other than Rawlings and Baker since then, so it's it's good Mm -hmm. to see a friendly face.
1: Yeah, great to see you, great to be back, and yeah, like you say, it's been a a long time, so um, yeah, excited for the pod, excited for the season.
0: Yeah, I've um, been very lax on my duties when it comes to the pod, it's been a bit of a a weird year, Um, but we're going to try and get back to a bit of a weekly schedule, Um, I can't promise that I will definitely do that, but that's certainly my intent maybe with a few changes to the to the format um, and getting uh, a few of the promised key features in like the tailor and and stuff nice. like that so mm-hmm. um, things we're going to cover today we're just going to do some off-season headlines that are fantasy relevant um, so not every NFL uh, ins and outs so coaching changes and stuff might not get covered here and um, some of the the sort of Changes that might actually be impactful on their NFL field might not be, get covered, but the stuff that is relevant mm-hmm. is to see. And then we're going to look at each of the teams and look at the changes that they've made and what you and I think uh, that might do to their prospects for next season. And then, of course, um, we can't have you on without talking about the experiment that is man versus Auto Draft. So we will cover that uh, exciting project um, at the end.
1: Lovely. Sounds good.
0: Good. Um, you looking forward to the season?
1: I am, yeah, really looking forward to the season. I think it's going to be, well, it's always interesting as every year, but there are particular, you know, changes, and it'll be, you know, um, great to see Rogers uh, with a new team. See, see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, overall, very excited for the season. Um, as always, I've got that optimism that my fantasy team is not going to be last. You know, second last is fine for me. I think that's okay. Um, and who knows, maybe. Maybe even a a playoff push, you know. Um, check back with me about six thirty on Sunday, and uh, I'm sure my optimism will have plummeted by then. But for now, it's nice, you know.
0: Uh, the motto of the League of Legends, as always, is the hope that kills you. Yeah,
1: it very much is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like um, having a lottery ticket, you know. Until you check the numbers, you you, you might have won. <laughs> and I'm in the same position right now.
0: Well, having drafted Cooper Cup third in League of Legends, uh, I've got to say that my optimism levels for my fantasy performance in that particular league are quite low. Mm. Although at least uh, I didn't draft a single tight end um, in a best ball league like <laughs> yeah. did, uh, only for said tight end, Travis Kelsey, to go and get injured, leaving him no tight end for mm. weeks, potentially.
1: Yeah, not great for him, but um, I, I think he'll cope. I think he'll survive.
0: Read the rules, Dawson.
1: Well, this is it, yeah.
0: Not that he's listening, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, should we crack on into the headlines?
1: Let's get into it, yeah.
0: All right, excellent. So, you mentioned already Aaron Rodgers, and I think that is probably the number one kind of player-related headline uh, for fantasy football in this off-season. Obviously, moving to the Jets uh, and taking with him his uh, his boy, Nathaniel Hackett, who was... Truly dreadful um, NFL head coach at the Broncos, but was a pretty good offensive coordinator when he last worked yeah. with Rogers at the Packers. Um, what are your thoughts on on Rogers for the season and what that does to the Jets?
1: Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, recent two time MVP, but he, he certainly wasn't playing at that level next year. I don't think he has to play that level to improve the Jets quite massively. They were pretty solid last year um, with. Zach Wilson, Mike White and did Joe Flacco play last? Anyway some pretty poor <laughs> yeah. quarterback play um, so I think yeah it's exciting I think for for them uh, I don't know what's a good season for the Jets getting into the playoffs I mean I'm sure their fans will be over moon with, with that um, and I, I think he will be good enough probably for them to sneak into the playoffs personally
0: Yeah, he played with an injury last season, didn't he? That sort of came out after the season, although
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think we're at the point now where you can't really trust a single word that Aaron Rodgers says because he's been kind of on record as not being entirely uh, straightforward and truthful Mm -hmm. uh, with the media uh, and sometimes with his teammates um, and apparently family. So, um, I I, I don't know. He he still had points last season where he looked like an, an elite quarterback um, yep. and you and I were talking in in one of our various WhatsApp groups this week about the potential for him to be the leading passer in the NFL. Um mm-hmm. the odds on that are pretty good. So uh, I think there might be a, a small bet coming out of the pot for for that particular one.
1: Think so.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, it's gonna improve Garrett Wilson, who was an ascendant rookie last year, looked yeah. really, really good. Um and by all accounts, he's got pretty good rapport with Rogers already. You, you can imagine Wilson going for like fifteen hundred yards, um, quite quite easily if 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 that works with Rogers.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Wilson went over a thousand last year, and um, you know, Rogers tends to have his favourites, doesn't he? You know, unfortunately for for Wilson, it's normally Randall Cobb. But um, <laughs> I think the talent for Wilson might just get him over the edge if that's a particular battle. But yeah, I think it will be really good for Wilson, good for the offence. I mean, that defence is uh, pretty solid, probably a top ten, maybe even a top five defence. So, I, I I you know, uh, in the Patriots divisions, but I do think the Jets would be good this year, um, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's a rough division, isn't it? Um, you know, Jets, yeah. Pets, Dolphins, uh, all look fantastic and, you know, the talent is not really there at the Pats, but Rule at Bill Belichick and and actually the offensive coordination of of Bill O'Brien at your peril. I think.
1: Yeah, I think there'll be there'll be some upsets in the AFC East. I think you know all the teams are probably going to end up beating each other uh, to a, a more or lesser extent. Yeah, Patriots not as talented on paper, but. Um, I'm sure they could, you know, uh, take their pleasures from maybe stopping a playoff run for the Dolphins or Jets, maybe keeping them out of the playoffs in, in week 18 or, or towards the end of the season. So, yeah, really solid division all around. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how Rogers does.
0: Yeah. Similar with the AFC North, I guess, like another absolute wrecking ball of the, of the division. So, AFC continues to be the stronger conference by a country mile, I think. Yeah. Didn't used to be like that back in the day. When when the Niners were dominant, the AFC was absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, It's a new age. It's it's a new time. Yeah, the quarterback dominance in the AFC compared to the NFC is just massive, isn't it? And that's what makes a difference.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Next headline I had down was um, the disrespect shown to uh, elite or highly talented running backs. So players like... Jonathan Taylor not getting a new deal, Dalvin being cut by the Vikings, Saquon only getting a kind of one year and an not getting a new deal either. These guys are, you know, the the elite uh, level running backs and proven that and yet they cannot get um, the money that that they're looking for. And it sort of feels like owners um, treat running backs like, like fantasy owners do, you know, you hold on to them yeah. for years and then, throw them in the bin once they hit 26 or 27 and, and move on from them.
1: Yeah, it's been, a, it was a real theme, wasn't it? And for a few weeks, it was kind of almost the biggest news in the NFL. And um, I don't think there's a, there hasn't really been a, a solution mooted, but I guess the next uh, CBA deal might see the rookie running back contracts change somehow. Um, and don't forget uh, again about Jonathan Taylor as well, who um, has this apparent back injury, but probably not really. And um really interesting approach from the Colts to say, yeah, we don't think you're worth enough to pay you. Yes, we'll trade you, but we want multiple picks, including probably <laughs> two firsts. So um, interesting, uh, logical kind of backflips they're doing there with that doesn't really make sense to me. But yeah, they are essentially being treated, like you said, as, as fantasy assets, aren't they? Um,
0: yeah.
1: And yeah, the, the, the high level running backs do make a difference to the teams. You think about kind of how long Derek Henry's carried the Titans for, and um, yeah, so tricky. In- interesting um, to see how that plays out this year. Uh, maybe a couple of big running back injuries might sway the consensus on that, and, and more towards the owner's point of view. But um, yeah, I think they should get paid. Get paid. Pay them.
0: I mean, from our perspective, you know, as as viewers of the NFL, I absolutely love watching running backs play. Yeah, yeah. Just- they're just so so talented, so exciting, and and I guess like you, you your worry is that players don't want to become running backs anymore because they get
2: the, yeah.
0: the crap knocked out of them and they don't get and uh, they get paid like poor relations of wide receivers and and some mm-hmm. of the defensive positions as well.
1: Yeah, you think about like um I don't know if you saw that thing, uh there's a couple of like Micah Parsons. Interviews or something this year, and he he said that he was a running back for a long time, and then the best thing that ever happened to him was getting um you know asked to play D, and he's made more money probably. He's going to make more money than he would as a running back for sure, isn't he? Um, and in the in the process, probably you know his body's in in going to be in better condition when all all is said and done, as well.
0: Yeah, I mean you know I can't think off the top of my head of a running back that hasn't had a major knee injury at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So, next one I had lots and lots of coaching changes. Uh, I think there was something like 18 offensive coordinator changes um, and obviously a bunch Mm. of head coaching changes. Yeah. Go through them all. But the ones that I thought were relevant to offenses uh, and that could make a big difference to the kind of fantasy output of their teams Callum Moore to the Chargers, uh, Bill O'Brien back to the Patriots, um, which will certainly be an upgrade on. Uh, whatever hybrid of Matt Patricia and <laughs> Judge yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, Todd Munkin at the Ravens and then Eric Enemy over to to Washington. I think all of those could lift those offences to being um, far more uh, productive than than they were in previous seasons.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then interesting changes with the Chargers and Ravens particularly going, um, well, the Ravens going much more pass-heavy. As as their draft and their you know acquisition of OBJ is, is shown and Kellen Moore at the charge is interesting but you know he was a couple of years ago two seasons ago mooted as a really strong head coaching candidate and now being let go by the Cowboys and uh, here he is so worked out really well for Justin Herbert I think that move especially
0: yeah because I think Kellen Moore as he did with Dak and um, whether that suited Dak's game or not he he will ask Justin Herbert to push the ball down the field more. And that's what, as well, he's got a massive arm. And you watch him the last two seasons, right? There's been some injuries involved, but he's been more short to intermediate stuff. And I just don't think that suits his game. It's not what he was when he first came into the league. Mm -hmm. So I think Kellen Moore to the Chargers could be an absolute masterstroke for for them and, and could lift Herbert back to being what players thought he was as a fantasy asset when he was first in the league.
1: Yeah. I think so. And, and their rookie, Quentin Johnson, needs to work out because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I think, has much discussed last year. Uh, not the fastest pairing of, of wide receivers. So that might explain some of the, uh, I guess, the offensive design in the last couple of years, so not pushable down the field. So maybe, you know, Quentin Johnson might be a, a kind of a make or break candidate for a team, you know, not to put too dramatic a point on it, but um, could be really important to how well the Chargers do this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've got a field structure, it makes a makes such a huge difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I do think the Bill O'Brien back at the Patriots is is a sneaky under, you know, kind of underreported move. Um, you know, people forget how good those Texans offenses were um, when he was a pretty terrible. Actually, he wasn't head yeah. coach? He was a terrible GM. They should never have given him <laughs> as power as they did. Yeah, and it's all kind of swept up in the mire of the Sean Watson, but. Mm that offense hum you know with with his offensive scheme and the patriots offense has been terrible for a couple of years yeah given matt jones get on well and and matt and adopt bill o'brien's scheme you could see some real significant improvements so i worry about the weapons there but i think bill o'brien is is an asset even if he is uh you know maybe not the nicest guy in the world
1: yeah i think that's the only thing from a fantasy relevant perspective is you know beyond stevenson I don't know. I don't know if any of the other players are even kind of rusted in most leagues. A lot of the time, I think Juju um, probably is, but there was a report on him that said his knee was about to explode or something, <laughs> which was um, interesting. Uh, it's probably not the word you want to be associated with your knee um, as an athlete. But uh, there we go. I just don't know how many of the receivers and tie ends are actually going to be fantasy relevant, really, uh, on that team.
0: I mean, Ed's never going to forgive me if I don't mention Keyshawn Booty here.
1: Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) rightly so as well. Yeah.
0: We'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, enough said.
0: Any other thoughts on coaching changes this season?
1: Uh, No, I think just with Todd Munkin and the Ravens, like I said, they're probably going to go more pass heavy. But And and Lamar Jackson... um, underrated as a passer just because of what he does with his legs. So it'd be be interesting to see how that happens and wouldn't be shocked if that's like quite a slow start and everyone kind of jumps off the Ravens bandwagon, they pull it together towards the playoffs and 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 go from there. But in theory, you know, this is the best set of weapons he's had, isn't it, Lamar? So Yeah. Be great to see what he can do do with that.
0: I think I'm on the record as a bit of a Lamar Jackson data. Um... hi. Um yeah, I I think I've made a few statements in the group, uh, particularly around his contract and his holdout and all the stuff that happened this summer. I just wonder whether Lamar is good enough to win you playoff games. He's certainly mm-hmm. a great fantasy asset. Um yeah. you know, absolutely take him as a high dynasty asset. But he's never really been in a pass heavy scheme and you know his yeah his amazing fantasy season and he really has only had one, but that was, you know, with um with, with a run heavy scheme before the yeah. league really kind of caught up with it. I I don't doubt that he he is a good passer of the ball as well. Um I just am not convinced in what I've seen that he can win enough playoff games against mm-hmm. the quality of the quarterbacks that he is going to go up against, I don't think he's as good as Mahomes or Burrow or Josh. Allen. No, sure, yeah. Um, I I think he might be kind of to a level, but without the injuries. Oh,
1: no, you. I think you're way way too harsh on him. If he was in the NFC, I think you'd be saying he's probably your best quarterback. Um, yeah,
0: that's just that's a comment on the NFC, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I don't think you'd say that about Tua in the NFC. So take that. Um yeah,
0: maybe I am being a bit harsh. I'm just not I'm just not fully a believer. Not a fan. Yeah fair
1: enough. Yeah. Well I mean this is the year, isn't it, if he's ever going to do it then for maybe this year, once he's settled in, maybe not in you know the first couple of weeks, but once he's settled into that offence and how it all runs, this is where he yeah, he does need to show it to, to I guess convince people like you who aren't um believers yet. So
0: well if if I believe in anything it is the Ravens coaching. Um, you know, Harbaugh has an incredible track record, you know, even when they've even when they've struggled, he's he's been a brilliant coach. Um that that division is very well coached generally, you know, Tom Lewis. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um so we should mention new rookie quarterbacks. Um so we've got a, a number of new rookie quarterbacks, but the ones that I guess are relevant to the conversation are uh, those in Indianapolis, Carolina and, and Houston, I mm-hmm. Richardson, Bryce Young, and, and CJ Stroud. Um, I, I think that only Anthony Richardson is relevant from a fantasy perspective this season. People might argue Bryce Young. I don't see it personally. Sure. Um, I think Richardson is a boom or bust type guy. He could run for like a thousand yards, but only pass for 1500 or something. Dark. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Like- High Fields level stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I've drafted him in a couple of leagues. I think he could be absolutely incredible, and he just comes across as such a good guy as well. So um, yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see him play.
1: Yeah, same. Definitely excited to see him play. I think it's um, a shame, or you know, in in a way that their their offense, their weapons are just so poor. But if their O line gets back to how it was two seasons ago, and he's got a good chance to have a I guess, an early Lamar or Justin Fields-like season this year. But um, interesting to see as well, because you know, there's some stuff around his past completion and and just how many games he played in college, uh, similar to Trey Lance coming out, I guess, um, just how he adapts. But yeah, feel for him a little bit, couldn't be in a much worse spot in terms of offensive weapons, really. Without Jonathan Taylor, probably the worst in the league. Uh, maybe Houston might be... An argument for that. Maybe Carolina might be an argument for that. So not ideal rookie spots for these um big name rookies, I'd say.
0: Yeah, they've not exactly surrounded these rookies with um no, with, with receiving talent. I do think Michael Pittman's good. Um the other one I like, I really like Alec Pierce. Not necessarily yeah. from a him suddenly bursting on the scene and becoming like a, you know, twelve hundred yard receiver, but he's yeah. got so quick. Um and Richard Certain has got a cannon. So Yeah you might be erratic but you can imagine them connecting on four or five you know yeah absolutely a bit like Michael Vick and um Deshaun Jackson you know in those couple of seasons for the Eagles where balling out and you can imagine that sort of stuff happening
1: he'll definitely yeah I think there will definitely be like you say four or five Richardson to Alex Pierce red zone 60 yard touchdowns and then four weeks where he catches three passes or something combined you know um but yeah, he will de- he he will be on our TV screens this year, Alec Fierce, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, but definitely.
1: just not fancy relevant, really.
0: No, I can't. I can't see it. I can't see it. You yeah, know, it's, you know, feels like the ceiling's probably about seven hundred and fifty yards or something. Hmm. Um, any other thoughts like on rookie QBs, or you know, do we want to chuck in some thoughts here on on any of the other rookie positions?
1: Um, just rookie QBs wise, really interested to see how Bryce Young gets on really upsetting they didn't draft Deuce Vaughan as well so he could have the smallest ever quarterback running back combo uh-huh. um I you know it's hard to, to tell when you see things on like Instagram or whatever you know if it's been photoshopped but some of the pictures and videos of Bryce Young behind an O-line taking a snap are just mental I mean he's he, he's so small isn't he for a quarterback and I'm saying that as someone who's probably smaller than him or, or his height or something but it's just I'd really interesting to see if it works because um, we've had Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, but he's, you know, I think he's smaller than both of them, isn't he? So interesting to see
0: more than Kyler as
1: well. This is where we need Ed. This is we need the Taylor to let us know. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe yeah, put a pin in this one. We'll come back to that in a, you know, whenever Ed's
0: on. Uh, and you know, by the time Ed comes on to do his Taylor episode, um, we'll probably have some some you know facts. Around how many passes back down at the line and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. Bryce yeah. Young taking eleven step step drops rather than seven step drops. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Clearly not dropping back like a wuss. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Moving on. So, uh, moving into a couple of like more player related ones now that we that we picked out from the wreckage of the NFL NFC offseason. Um, Tony Pollard season. Um, now that Zeke's gone uh Tony Pollard becomes I think an elite fantasy running back mm-hmm. asset. Um it's not quite the same but I guess similar for Alexander Matteson, it's it's not the same level of talent but you know yeah. the old the old running back leaves and and you get the job full time and uh, and with a chance to prove it and both of them in systems where there is going to be a lot of running back volume uh there always yeah. has been where they will have a chance to to rack up some serious yards and touchdowns Really, with no competition in the running back room, in 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 either case, unless you fancy do sworn, uh yeah, to really outshine.
1: Well, that's it, isn't it? In terms of volume, you can't ask for better for both of them. And I guess, um, yeah, you you got to be thinking, you know, especially with with Pollard. I mean, who's the, the goal line competition? There isn't really any, is there in Dallas? So he's going to get not only the, the bulk of the work, but he's going to get pretty much all of the goal line carries, unless they have some fancy ideas for Trey Lance and a Jalen Hurts style um, being pushed from behind play. But I think, yeah, Pollard's in for a big season as an injury, notwithstanding.
0: Yeah, and and Mike McCarthy, with the exception of kind of Tony Pollard and Zeke seasons, has proven himself to be a bit of a one-running back guy. Um, And as much as there's been talk about Mike McCarthy learning from the mistakes of the past, I will very much believe that when I see it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, What do you think about
1: Mattison? Do you like him? Um, I, yeah, asked me six months ago, I would have said yes. But one thing has really changed my mind on Mattison. I don't know, I can't remember the exact stat, but it's something, you know, he looks good whenever he was on, you know, it's his VI test. He passes VI test. He looks good on red zone. You see him scoring touchdowns, that kind of thing. But... um, I'll butcher this, this stat, um, but it's something, you know, the vast, vast majority of his yards and points came against very terrible teams, including a ridiculous percentage of his yards and points last year against the Lions, who were pretty much the worst uh, run defence in the league and probably will be pretty bad this year as well. So I'm I'm not convinced, and I think drafting Addison is a, a pretty huge upgrade from Phelan last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings go very pass-heavy. This year, so I'm, yeah, colour me sceptical on Mattison. I think, especially this year.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm on the fence. I don't really know yeah. enough. You know, Dalvin was such a good player. When Mattison came in, he seemed to be sort of a slightly pale imitation of of Dalvin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did have some highlight plays and things like that. Um, <laughs> this one, I'm definitely on the record for not being a Vikings believer yeah okay it's gonna be interesting they they were uh statistically the luckiest team in n f l history last yeah. season with with their results um it will be interesting to see how they get on this season i think Kevin o'Connell is a good coach
2: yeah'
0: uh, the best wide receiver in the league in justin jefferson and and i do like addison like you said so and, and you know Hawkinson was great for the money came in as well so they've got yeah. these offensive weapons. Um, and Kirk uh, and
2: you
0: know, yeah, we we we'll see. That's that's an interesting division. Um, one that I yeah. don't really know if I was putting some money down today. I don't really know where I'd put it.
1: No, same. It is an interesting division, isn't it? I, I yeah, I conceive a skepticism for the Vikings. I think I'm slightly on the other side of our fence. Um, it's good to be lucky. Yeah. So, you know, if that can carry on, it's not going to carry on this year, obviously not to the same extent, but even if they, you know, they're two or three games worse this year than they were last year, that's still, especially in the NFC, that's still playoff contention. So I'm not completely out on the Vikings, but yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to be number one seed and their playoff loss to the Giants was pretty um, comprehensive. Um, so, yeah. I'm, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you listen to the, uh, to the around the NFL podcast ever, but uh, it, for me, and I said this beforehand, the loss to the Vikings was a la, re- la reveal magnifico for um for, right. for the Vikings, um, because it just showed them for what they were, which is a team yeah for sure was not particularly good and got shown up by better coaching and yeah mediocre players, frankly
1: yeah not going to be a, a Super Bowl contender for sure, but I, I just don't um. I think in that division as well, you know, there is a a world where they, they could be contending for winning that division. I think come the end of the season. So definitely.
0: like, you can't imagine the Bears, Packers. No. Is going to be an interesting season, and then uh, you know the Lions. Who knows? The Lions
1: are great on paper, but they they are the Lions is their biggest problem. That is the you know maybe they should change their name and their their jerseys and move move city or something. They're just yeah. Until I see it with them, I think you have to. <laughs> You have to wait and see, but
0: hard to trust any team that made Barry Sanders and Megatron quit.
1: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, moving on to another one of my uh, podcast punching bags, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, uh, apparently he's lost some weight, um, and, mm. and it looks like he has. And he's now got a really great play caller in in Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, and Matthew, I am on the record. Uh, I've said that now three times, but I am on the record for. Uh, intensely disliking Sean Payton for his, all of his involvement in Bounty Gate, um, which I think yeah. was um, far worse uh, than than um, people remember um, mm-hmm. but he is clearly a great play caller and I think he will do good things with Russell Wilson. I do think Wilson is nowhere near the player he was five years ago, but with a good scheme um, I think I think he'll get a lot better out of him this season. They have had some injuries to their wide receiver room. Uh, and I think that, that can hold him back to start with. Judy's out for what is it, three, four weeks and Tim Patrick, bless the guy. Yeah. yeah. Break. Um uh so they've got some injury issues, but I, I think they'll be better.
1: Yeah, I think they will have to be better. We mentioned Nate Hackett earlier. I mean, I don't know if you've been watching hard knocks at all. I've I've not seen episodes, but I've seen some clips and he doesn't come across as the most competent person in that. Um, so I think just it, it's going to be you know even if Wilson is exactly the same as last year I think they'll they'll inevitably just win more games because of a coaching change. Um, that being said, there's some Jared Stidham hype. I don't know if you come across that. I don't know how, Most how deep your yeah. I mean, I've heard a few things. You know, a couple of times, different places, different podcasts, different stuff saying. People wouldn't be shocked if you know week six rolls around and Sean Payne's just had enough of of Russell Wilson and Jared Stidham gets a start. So um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, we've got two two quarterbacks. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, both on my team, which it's not ideal.
0: Um, <laughs> be interested to see how that
1: plays out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Nah, uh, I mean, you know, we, we we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I, I saw some. Coverage of Peyton saying that Wilson needs to, you know, stop acting like he's running for office and kissing yeah, and stop kissing the stuff.
1: babies. Yeah, Took away yeah. his
0: private office in the Broncos facility and stuff like yeah. that. I think he's probably just trying to get him to chill out a bit because uh, Wilson is clearly one of the most intense men in the NFL. So,
1: yeah, very weird guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um staying on the theme of quarterbacks uh what are your thoughts on on Justin Fields do you think he can take the next step as a passer and become an elite QB
1: um no pretty much
2: <laughs> I, mean,
1: <laughs> I i think the so here here's why i think they've they've obviously added some skill players and well DJ Moore mainly and you know, a a decent on paper actually room of offensive weapons with DJ Moore and and Mooney, Claypool, Colkmet. Um but yeah, short answer no. I mean the Bears last year they threw I think he threw twenty-two times on average a game.
2: Yeah.
1: And I just don't think uh the Bears the Bears see him more. They see him more than we do, obviously with every practice session and everything they're doing. I just don't think they, they clearly don't trust him um to still be doing that when they had nothing to lose down the stretch. You know, realistically they were probably you know, the worst team of the league or one of the worst teams in the league. I think you you would let him throw. I think he's gonna be really fancy relevant and really strong, but that will be just his legs. It's not gonna be anything to do with passing. I don't think he's gonna be much different from from last year, if I'm honest. I don't think the Bears are um Good. The only thing that works in his favor is their defense is so bad, that they are going to be um, able to put up points just by virtue of like garbage time and stuff like that. So he could be fantasy, you know, quarterback two or three. But in real in real life, no, I'm not not sold.
0: And yet, Eberflus is randomly quite well fancied as coach of the year, mm.
1: isn't it? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Coach of the year is a weird one to bet, but I guess it's kind of improvement from last year isn't it so you know you, you start from the number one pick there's there's only one way to go so actually you know i can i can see why he is you know um a, a popular pick for that um same as you know uh, you know, i guess Peyton probably is because you, it's easy to go from terrible to competent and, and look like that's a coaching job
0: yeah yeah what do I, you think I, about fields what do you think I'm not sure, you know, like he's mm-hmm. an amazing runner but I have, like you, I just haven't seen enough to to make a determination, they've given him some weapons, but, you know all the off-season coverage has been DJ Moore is lighting up the, the practice field mm-hmm. like DJ Moore but if he's your best offensive player you yeah. are
1: Yeah
0: So no, yeah. I
1: definitely agree I think you have to take that with a, a grain of salt as well, because who's he lining up against on the practice yeah. field? So, yeah. you know.
0: So, Colorus us incredibly skeptical on Justin Fields. Well, it would be
1: really, it would be really fun if he was, you know, he takes the next step, and and you know, equally the Bears get decent because they haven't had a good quarterback probably ever. Um, and yeah, I think it's quite fun when they're good, actually, but they're not good very often. So.
0: Can he replicate Jalen Hurts? I guess is the overall question. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on from quarterbacks. Uh, although not really, um, I think my question about what is probably the best team in the NFL is who the hell's catching passes for Patrick Mahomes this season, and does it actually matter?
1: Oh, um, Justin Ross, I, I, yeah, I, lots of hype on Ross, Tony, you know, paper, really, really talented, can't stay healthy, um also a
0: bit of
2: an idiot.
1: Yeah. um, I don't think it does matter, really. I think as long as Mahomes healthy, they're probably going to be one of the best teams in the league and and will make a deep playoff run. Um, I think with the the Kelsey injury does matter, I guess, because if you you have Kelsey and everyone else is just elevated, um, I, I just don't... I wonder whether without... It'll be really interesting if Kelsey misses, let's say, three or four weeks to see how the Chiefs get on but my guess is no it doesn't really matter they might start slowly because they started slowly Um I think last season or maybe the season before but um no I don't think it really matters is my short answer to that
0: yeah I mean he's just incredible isn't he and, and Andy Reid's an amazing coach who all yeah ways of getting the ball exactly yeah and, and doing enough
1: I think they have enough talent to for the real world for it not to matter but fantasy you're going to get lots of kind of scrubby not particularly strong performances um with the whole offense really apart from kelsey um so really kind of a weird situation because that doesn't normally happen but i mean it does remind me a little bit of a couple of brady seasons where they've just been seven or eight viable players but no one no massive names and they've still ended up one of the best offenses in the league so
0: yeah yeah I am a little bit optimistic about Justin Ross. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I quite liked him coming out of college.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think he's available in our league and I can't find a roster spot for him. So I'm either going to have to find one for him tonight um, mm-hmm. or uh, some, someone is going to pick him. I think he's available. I think yeah. I was the other day, um, maybe, by, maybe by Steve. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I think he could be a bit of a difference maker uh, for them but it's mm-hmm. that
1: is a bit of a dart throw so. yeah, so they've got another rookie haven't they, Rishi Rice who's getting a bit of hype but I don't know anything about him really so I'm not sure um, if that will make any difference or, or not but um, if we're going back to just general quarterback uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say put me on record as a Mahomes believer let's yeah. say that
0: yeah, you are you're a brave man going for that. Moment.
1: Thank you. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, no fence sitting.
0: But There is no fence sitting on this uh, podcast to be fair. That's
1: <laughs> <No>, true. <laughs>
0: um I've already mentioned at the top kind of like the fact that I took Cooper Cup uh 103. Yeah, what was
1: that? That was that was
0: I mean, I love Cooper Cup.
2: Yeah.
0: Other than Justin Jefferson and I think it's still arguable He's the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you can talk about Jamar Chase, he's an incredible player, but Cooper Cut is unbelievably yeah. good. Uh, but these double hamstring injuries um, are probably going to blight him all season, I imagine. I know yeah. one of those guys that, by all accounts, takes his health incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anybody can you know, kind of recover, then potentially him. But he is 30 now, which... Is old in NFL terms, but still twelve years younger than me. Um, And you know this. Why would they necessarily rush him back when they are dreadful? Um, So, yeah, uh, having taken him one hundred and three could could be the death knell for me in in that league. And um, I'd be worried about him if if I had him in Dynasty because I think you'll try and shop him. Is probably closing pretty quickly. Uh mm-hmm. If you're passive, you're not going to try and shop him. But if you're in a sort of rebuild or mid-table team, you probably want to offload Cooper Cup. And at the moment, yeah. you're getting uh, amazing offers for him. You're probably getting some lowball uh from uh people like me. Yeah,
1: yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think you've hit the net. I completely agree with what you said. I think there's really talented, yeah, arguably best receiver in the right. league. I mean, he won... Uh, the Triple Crown, I guess, a couple of years ago, didn't he? And I think he's still that level of, of uh, performance and ability. I think just the situation is just, you know, is everything you wouldn't want it to be. Um, they're going to be bad. Their roster's terrible. Um, their quarterback's 35 and has a back injury. So how many games is he going to play realistically this season? And I think with Cooper Cup's specific injury, he saw a specialist in Minnesota I've never heard of anyone seeing a specialist for a hamstring injury. I've heard about it for the kind of like surgeries and knees and ankles. Um, but not a ham- not you know, a soft tissue injury like a hamstring. So to me that that kind of implies this isn't a, a mild injury. And like you said, maybe he misses a couple of weeks at the start of a season, but are you really going to bring him back at O and five, oh and six? I I don't think so necessarily. Um their their schedule to start, I think, is is priests pretty strong pretty tough so you know I was going to say they'll be out of playoff contentions early they're probably out of playoff playoff contention now I think the situation is just every um everything conspiring against him having a a good season so anyway good pick yeah well done
0: thank you thank you the (laughs) first thing is like I can't even blame the injury because when I took him he'd had the first hamstring injury already so Yeah, yeah sure at that time, the reporting was very much, oh, it'll be fine. Maybe I should yeah. be more conservative on it. But um, just he's just such a great player. And last season, before the injuries hit the Rams, um, he was ahead of Justin Jefferson in every metric for wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. that Justin Jefferson's incredible. So, that just shows how good Cooper Cup still was last season. Yeah. Uh, but this season could be be a lost one for him. And, you know, you never know whether whether you're going to see the old Cooper Cup back again uh, at this point in time. Um, A little bit like the who the hell is going to catch passes from Mahomes, who the hell is going to run the ball for the Eagles? Is it going to be uh, perennially injured Rashad Penny, um, perennially promising but disappointing uh, DeAndre Swift, or my guy Kenny G?
1: What do you, yeah, um, probably all of them, isn't it? I think the Eagles are, are so talented. They're probably going to be weeks where Penny's the guy, Swift's the guy this week, Penny's for guy next week. We know who's going to run the ball twice this year for the Eagles. And that's the Giants game.
2: <laughs> um,
1: we, we know Boston Scott's going to be in the mid-20s each, each of those games, for sure. Um, and then nothing the rest of the way. But yeah, for the other three, the main guys, I guess, you know, they traded for, for Swift and you think, oh, they traded for him. They must like him, but they didn't really give up much, did they? So it's not like they're massively invested in in him. I think it's going to be a, a, a nightmare. It's a proper Shanna Hannigan, wait, Shannon Hannigan, yeah, situation um, with a running back committee. It's, yeah, not good for fancy owners, but you could talk yourself into all three and I can see why people draft all three thinking, yeah, this guy's he's going to be the guy. Um, but would you be shocked if they kind of basically had pretty much identical stat come the end of the year?
0: No, I wouldn't. I and that's almost what I anticipate that um, that they will look very very similar towards the end of the season. I, I imagine Penny will get injured at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do it, in redraft draft value right. Kenny G was 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 the pick. He was going in like the twelfth round, um, right. Rather than you know Swift and Penny going going much much earlier. Mm. If you can't pick one of them, just pick the one that's kind of last and and sure, yeah. in a redraft league, you know, start throw anyway. Um, but I mean, their main running back is Jalen Hurts anyway, so I guess uh, yeah. one of these guys are running for fifteen hundred yards, are they?
1: No, it's no, definitely not. But I think there's going to be weeks where one of them goes kind of bonkers and scores, you know. 26 points or something or 33 or something like that but yeah can you rely on that you know that's the thing um, Swift probably would be my pick if I had to pick one of them to kind of outperform the other two and, and blow up it would be him because he has got all the talent hasn't he but just um, yeah it just didn't work out for him in Detroit for, for obvious reasons as we alluded to earlier to Detroit so maybe he'll actually be Barry Sanders part two and it was just the, the setting was holding you back who knows yeah God. Lions really catching strays. I don't know what they've done to annoy me, but yeah.
0: I know, we really loved them last season as well. They, they were so much fun to watch.
1: So much fun. Yeah, they are. Yeah.
0: Too much hype. It's always dangerous for a team.
2: Maybe, yeah.
0: A um, couple of the last sort of headlines. Uh, a little bit, you know, back on the QB track, which is obviously for a two QB league, like ours, massively relevant. Um, and, and, a, and a little bit of a Homer headline. Uh, is Prop Purdy a half-season wonder? Um, or can he continue what he did last year, which is effectively get the ball to his playmakers, which is, you know, Debo, I, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle? Um, yep. I can't imagine Brock Purdy ever being an elite fantasy asset, but I think he can make people elite fantasy assets. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I th- I'm pretty optimistic about him. I don't think we know enough. And so I am. Um, hedging my bets and protecting mm-hmm. my heart here a little bit.
2: Cool, yeah. I've
0: got to say, like, everything you read about him um, and how he understands and processes Shanahan's scheme mm-hmm. so positive. He is clearly not physically gifted, um, but the intelligence that he seems to have uh, is, is something that Shanahan really, really values um, because his scheme... I've uh, said so yeah. this many times. is incredibly complex, and that's why you need smart QBs to to run it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, think? I, I think
0: uh, I don't
1: know. Uh, I think the injury is is a problem for him. I think you know some of the stuff. No, well, there's two problems. Shanahan is just he is a genius, clearly, but he's kind of a maniac as well. Yeah, he's and he, depth he depth doesn't depth. have. Personnel, kind of number one on his priority. Like he's not someone who wants to keep a locker room happy above all and everything else. So I think if you combine that with Brock Purdy coming off that injury, the UCL injury that that basically ruined Josh Allen's season last year, I just I can see I can really see a world where he isn't as good as last season because of the injury, not because of anything else. Like he clearly understands the scheme. The he I think he's really talented. I think he's not. Like you said, physically gifted, but he's shifty and he can move when he needs to, and that's the important thing. I just wouldn't be completely shocked to see Sam Darnold in a Niners jersey at some point this year, and that's probably bad news for for you. But there's some really kind of um suspicious smelling Sam Darnold hype that Definitely. like with any other team, you'd think bullshit. But with the Niners, you may, maybe you know, Darnold could be serviceable. He was a high draft pick for a reason. Um so yeah, would would I be shocked if, if actually Sam Daniel Darnold starts and um, you know, towards the end of the season, maybe even in the playoffs of the Niners, no. But if Brock Purdy stays healthy and he is healthy, if he is recovered, I think he's the clear quarterback one and I think he will be as good as he was last season.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean I guess same question with a slightly longer sample size on, on Geno Smith in the same division was mm last season a, a one-hit wonder, a mirage, or, you know, can Gino be as good as he was last season? Uh, and can he create the fantasy value for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett um, and Jackson Smith and Jigba? Um, you know, it, what do you think? I loved what I saw from Gino last year, despite yeah. being a Seahawks hater uh, sure. for reasons. But... He was such a great story, and he plays with a smile on his face, and you kind of love um, that he proved everyone wrong. Yeah, I'm
1: with you. I think it was really fun last season. Um, some good sound bites as well from Gino, some funny quotes, and I mean the talents around him, isn't it? Um, I, I think yeah, he'll he'll keep those three all fancy viable, but we might might have a, an Eagles running back situation where. You know, can you feed free mouths at the same time? Slightly different with receivers, obviously, but um I do wonder whether their their individual value drops very slightly because of a collective uh mouse to feed essentially. So I I think you know, if Gino regresses back to Gino of Jet's version, yeah, that would be a massive surprise given the the talent he's got around him and, and one of the probably most equally importantly one of the last remaining like home field advantages in the NFL really. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm sold on I'm sold on both Purdy and Gino having good seasons if they both stay so healthy, which is obviously, you know, is it's the same for every single player in the league, but especially for, for Brock Purdy. But yeah, I'm I'm in on Gino as well.
0: The Homer in me, uh hope say Crater. Um yeah. That would not be good for my fantasy team in this league okay, yeah, um, and you know there's just a part of me i like, at this point, just sort of respect Pete Carroll and yeah, yeah, everything that he's done with that team, and i I like, I like Tyler Lockett and and other players, so I don't probably hate the Seahawks as much as I as much as yeah. I do. um the Rams, help Fair enough. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: yeah, fine. <laughs> Well, I'm
1: going to call it now in the spirit of no fence-sitting I'm going Seahawks to win that division um, yeah. and I don't want to be too uh, you know, don't nail my colours from the too much, but I'm going Seahawks number one seed as well, I think they're going to be I think they'll get to buy
0: Wow, that's a big shout and uh, yeah. probably bet on it okay, if, you, if you've got that gut intuition mate then uh, let's go for it and then Let I see, like the
1: see. The season, excellent yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, last headline for me, QB related again. We got to touched we touched on rookie quarterbacks, touched a little bit on sophomore quarterbacks really quickly. Sam Howell, yeah. Desmond Ridder, what are your thoughts on those two?
1: Um to start with Desmond Ridder, I guess doesn't need to do much in my offense, does he? Really shouldn't shouldn't need to anyway. Um they're clearly going to run the ball. I mean, drafting uh Robinson so high was mental given their roster but actually given the way they play the game it makes complete sense they've now got three really talented running backs and um you know he just needs to be good he needs to be decent he doesn't even need to be good i think to be a serviceable quarterback i think the one thing that slightly puts me off is how long they waited last year to bench Mariota, who's terrible so i don't know if they're not kind of keen on ridder and maybe waiting for someone else you know i Personally, would have loved them to trade for Lamar this off season. I think that would have made this team really, really fun. Um, so, I don't have a strong opinion on whether he's good, but I think he, he, he's he got a low bar to be good enough for that team, the way they're set up.
0: Yeah, you're right. With Arthur Smith, who who effectively runs the offence like he used to at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be a heck of a lot of Bijan, And then, hopefully, some Kyle Pitts and some some Drake London sprinkled in there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you know, and, and Ridd is decent. Sam um, Howell, I um, uh, is a mystery box for me. Might even be oh, a-
2: I'm, I'm
1: yeah, I'm upset you said that because it's the same for me. I was just going to defer completely to you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about him, so I can't really. I don't really have a, a strong opinion. I just think um, Washington generally, I think are, are going to be quite bad this year. I think they're getting some some love from lots of places, but I don't see it. You know, I think they're best skill positions you know Dotson and McLaurin obviously good really talented but you know beyond that and that's someone who's got Antonio Gibson in I think three leagues so um, I've been been burned before Uh, I'm not I'm not in on the Washington offence
0: the uh, the enemy's a good OC but curious that he's moved from OC to OC I I don't strange yeah that move Uh, really strange Perhaps he sees it as an opportunity to step out of the shadow uh, and and prove himself. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... Well, think I think... I is.
1: actually think there's something probably more strategic to it. I think he knows that Ron Rivera is probably going to be... He's almost definitely going to be fired at the end of the season. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if he was the first coach fired. And, and there, he's he's got his kind of succession plan already lined up, probably. They've had a new owner, haven't they? So I don't think... Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be keen to keep Rivera along, uh, around for next year and possibly sooner than that as well, depending on how poorly they start.
0: Yeah, so maybe an audition. I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think get in now and then it'll be uh, similar to Steve Wilkes with the Panthers last year, kind of just taking over his interim. And then um, he should have been hired as the head coach rather than Frank Reich, but, but that didn't happen. So... Um, it has happened a few times before hasn't it where people have stepped up for half a year and then get a the real job so
0: not jeff saturday though
1: no that was weird wasn't it yeah i don't know why i wonder what he's up to you nowadays anyway
0: back in the booth surely <laughs> yeah maybe yeah so color us skeptical on howell and ridder uh very yep. much a wait and see situation for us for sure any other headlines or kind of points of note from the off season that you'd like to call out that we're not then going to go on and cover in our team breakdowns
1: um i don't think so um just how you know the the long off season and here we are red zone we're back really (laughs) excited um but we'll see see how long that lasts but no nothing else no headlines i think we covered everything and um yeah, gonna be a good fantasy season as well.
0: Yeah, definitely gonna try and get together for some red zone this season. I said that last year, but um I will will make it make an effort to get down yeah. to Wiltshire and, and hang out for an evening. If someone will have me, of course.
1: I think so. The doors are always open at, at you know, the various houses. But um yeah, I think that'll be good. I think we're we're gonna try and get together a bit more this year. Um until of course, I don't know seven o'clock at Sunday rolls around slightly later than my own optimism and we're <laughs> sick of each other again. So uh, maybe come to an early red zone would be my advice. Mike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's see. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> All right, Val, moving on to our team breakdown. So we're going to sort of rattle through the players that each team has has added as we go. And we'll do a little bit of analysis uh, based on what we think that means to their team and where we might see them finishing up this this season. So, starting with Franco for no other reason than that's how I did it last season. Uh, again, for no reason, um, he added through the rookie draft. He added Michael Mayer, uh, tight end for the Raiders. Kendra Miller from the Saints. Chase Brown from the Bengals and Eric Gray from the Giants. Um, in our exciting defensive expansion draft, which absolutely nobody enjoyed, uh, it seemed. <laughs> Source Gardner from the Jets, Tyree Wilson from the Raiders, another Homer pick, uh, Jalen Ramsey now injured from the Dolphins, Matthew Judon from the Patriots, Trayvon Walker from the Jags, and he did not add any free agents, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, Franco is usually pretty quiet in in the off season, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not like there were tons of great free agents anyway. So yeah, um, Franco obviously made the the playoffs last season he had uh, a fantastic play from his from his quarterbacks and his wide receivers um, he has got major concerns at running back um, with Dalvin having lost his job at the Vikings and now being in uh, a timeshare at the Jets and his next best running back J.K. Dobbins um, still a bit of a mystery um, returning from another set of injuries uh, and he's got very little depth beyond that he's obviously tried to add through the draft, but with the picks where he had them, um, he, he couldn't uh, add like elite talent. Um but, but he has kind of bulked out his, his running back room and he probably needs one of those guys to to hit. Um otherwise I, I think running backs is is going to be a bit of a fatal flaw in, in his team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that that there's a you know there's a strength for that in, in adding three it might be that he, he might be expecting just one to hit and you know, anything above that is a bonus. Um, you'd be upset if, if, if none of them hit. But, you know, Kendra Miller, he's going to get a chance early in the season, isn't he? So I think, you know, Franco will probably know relatively early on whether he's going to be a viable kind of long-term addition. So I, I think the strategy is quite good. Actually, I think it's a good strategy to kind of just throw some darts and see what see what comes up.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he he had a need at tight end, and Mayer was obviously a Homer pick where where he took him. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad pick because he does need tight ends, and you know you always want players in in your team that you can root for. And yeah, yeah, uh, nothing better than having your home team or your favorite team's uh, tight end. And Mayer looks to be an absolutely cracking player. Whether he'll be uh, an elite fantasy asset like a Dalton, like people expect Dalton Kincaid to do, I don't know because yeah a good football player um the, the the defensive whisperer the the guy who yeah. had more defensive players on his roster last season than, than any other um made some what i would say slightly curious choices in in the defensive expansion draft Source gardner obviously a huge name um makes sense why someone would want him but you look at his fantasy points they they're just not very good and that is simply yeah. pretty- quarterbacks just stay away from him. He's such a good player that yeah. he's not getting the chances for interceptions and pick sixes and tackles because quarterbacks yeah. going, I'm just not throwing the ball anywhere near this guy. Um so whilst he's an elite elite player, he's just yeah. not a fancy option. Um and that was kind of Franco's big big pickup there. Um so I I think he's he's had a bit of an iffy defensive draft, but I'll say this about every one of the defensive uh drafts who the hell knows because we
1: don't know what we're doing yeah i think that's fair i think yeah um you should almost get points like you know the, the numby asemua bonus for just not getting thrown on almost like a you know he he's he shut down half the field therefore you know you get x number of points um i completely agree with you i think you know probably one of the best defensive players but who knows if he's going to score score highly or not um I think I, I do really like the Judon pick and I like the Trayvon Walker pick. I think Judon pick for this season, you know, as a short-term pick, I think is really solid. That Patsy is going to be strong again and, um, you know, they're going to be, they've got a really tough schedule this year as well. So, I think Judon's going to rack up points um, just by virtue of being on the field a lot um, exactly. and being, a, you know, really solid player, underrated player. And I like the Trayvon Walker pick for long-term, but yeah, I agree with you about on, on source as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a bit a bit of a, a names pick as well, wasn't it? With um, uh, with Jalen Ramsey, who you know ha- has has been a, a half decent fantasy asset because he's not as good a cornerback as people think he is. Um, so he does actually get thrown on, um, but obviously he's he's now injured, uh, and I'm not yeah. sure given the timetable on his return yet. So uh, I mean, overall, um, I think Franco's team probably takes a step back this season, and I. Um, as I said we're not sitting on the fence I don't think this team makes the playoffs this season
2: okay
1: so I'm just thinking back to Franco's um, I guess smack talk rankings and, and me way down at the bottom so I'm not even going to deign to try to smack talk Franco um, I'm going to sit on the fence you know this one and only time on this podcast and say who knows I wouldn't rule Franco out in terms of fantasy um, in anything Um and I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be shocked to see, yeah, Sauce and, and Jalen just not not performing in the DB slot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Franco's got great fantasy pedigree, um, but I made I made my picks last year, and uh, you know, they were they were mixed. But I'm 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 just going to go with it this season. Although I have got two fence sitters later on, so you know, be ready for the splinters. Uh, moving on, then. On to Steve, uh, the man who we now think does exist. Um, his additions in the off-season, quite a lot. Uh, so through the rookie draft, he added Jameer Gibbs, Dalton Kincaid, Quentin Johnston, Jalen Hyatt, and Marvin Mims, which I think is a hell of a rookie draft. Uh, in the defensive expansion, he added his, uh, his boy, Mink and Fitzpatrick, and then Hassan Reddick, Aaron Donald, Quinn and Williams, and CJ Gardner-Johnson. And then he, he was active in the free agency market as well, picking up Calvin Austin, Deuceville, mm. and, uh, and Jake Ferguson, those last two being uh cowboy homer picks, although I do actually like Jake Ferguson for this season. Um, so yeah, what, what are your what are your thoughts on Steve's team, you know, based on where he where he was last season and, and what he's added?
1: Um, I really struck like you said, just just an unbelievable rookie draft. Um, all five of those players are viable players um, I think he's got a really solid roster and he showed that last season, I, I can't remember the streak he was on but starting so poorly and then you know, uh, finishing really strongly I think he's got um, a really good team both for this year and, and future, solid roster all, all round really Um I like the, the Calvin Austin pick. I don't, I don't like, but I think it was, was, was quite funny. It was clearly like off the back of an Instagram highlight of um, the long touch on party caught in preseason. There's always one who's like flashing. Um, and the deuce warm pick is just, I mean, it'd be great if it works out, but you know, um, uh, not old on that happening. Um, Really. So I think yeah, it's really, really solid. And and you mentioned Kincaid earlier when you were talking about Franco. Um I've got Kincaid in, in the league and I, I think he is in a different league, I should say. I think he's he's basically a wide receiver for the Bills in in the way they've set up their offense. I think that's a solid pick.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um he's he he's got some decent um defensive players as as well. Uh he already had the number one player. Um and and he's just kind of like bolt that out. I do think his his bench is a, a bit mediocre, but you know we could probably, if we're splitting hairs, say that about most of us. And he's a bit thin at quarterback, but if his quarterback stay healthy, I think he's in the playoffs. Um, and he was if he hadn't started so badly last season, then his trajectory was to to make the playoffs last season. So um,
2: yeah, watch,
0: watch out for watch out for Steve. I yeah, think so. Moving on to your good self. Um, so rookie additions: Anthony Richardson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Luke Musgrave. Another nice little rookie selection there. If I, uh, if I might compliment you on that. Um, your defensive expansion: Buda Baker, <laughs> Chase Young. <laughs> Subsequently cut. Chase He's Young. He's been cut already. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Alex Highsmith, Jeremy Chin. You, you kind of went in there on the guys that could play multiple positions. Uh, some really, you know, good fantasy relevant picks there. And then um, you you shot Chase Young for uh, Jalen Phillips in in free agency, but no other free agency moves that I could tell of.
1: No, apart from finally dropping Zach Wilson, which was <laughs>
0: um,
1: a millstone <laughs> off my neck. Um, I, I genuinely thought about keeping him because I've got Rogers obviously as a as almost like a Rogers insurance policy, and I thought, well, if, if Rogers goes down, do I actually want to start Zach Wilson anyway? To be honest, um, so yeah, pleased with that. I, I think, but Jalen Phillips was another add that someone can play two positions. Um, that was really my my target for that. I think for the rookie draft. Um, oh God, was I relieved that they took Bijan first because. I don't think I can handle another running back on my roster, so I was kind of pleased with that. It went that way, and they didn't go for Richardson first with Ballings duo. And yeah, I think maybe for this year, he might you know, he, he might struggle. Could could like you mentioned earlier, could have a great year, but
2: um,
1: he's a, a long term pick. I think he's going to be a a really solid um, dynasty asset to have. So yeah, I'm happy with how the offseason went.
0: Yeah, you've got an embarrassment of riches at running back. Uh... It's uh an in, in incredible running back room. Um I, and I love the I love Richardson as a as a pickup, you can rely on Rogers. Um you you will need something productive probably from Mr. Unlimited, Um uh but you know, I I do think the wide receiver ads you've 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 had are good. Um all of the coverage seems to be this is a weaker wide receiver class and I, I think you can see that a lot of the stature of the guys, they're a lot smaller than yeah see uh, from an elite wide receiver class but you never know the, the leagues going in different directions so they, they could be good um, your tight end room yeah. uh, remains disgusting um, uh, uh, hopefully Musgrave yeah. becomes, becomes a great player um, but I think that's maybe somewhere that you might want to be targeting perhaps hitting up the ballings duo with their uh, their their wide receiver riches um, in exchange for some of your running back but wide mm-hmm. receiver, tight end riches in exchange for your running back riches um so yeah I, I think yeah you've put yourself in a very very strong position when you look at so there's a few sort of dynasty team analyzers out there uh, almost all of them that i plugged our league into your team came out as the strongest team both from a dynasty and contender oh. perspective which is a lot of pressure um oh, there you go team clearly primed prime for a playoff run so clearly um finishing fifth is your destiny
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. uh I I think that. Yeah, on paper, I, you know, I'm pleased with it. I think I'm I am i would be happy to get rid of a running back for a receiver or preferably a tight end. I think your suggestion of going to the bowling studio is absolutely uh, ridiculous. They are the worst to try and deal with in trades by a long way. I'm pretty bad as well myself. Like it, I'm not always realistic with what I get and give um but yeah they are just for i'm calling you out ballings come on like get with it you've been round the, the earth i don't know a combined 162 times or something so be a bit more realistic please come on
0: i think the problem is you've got genuine schizophrenia in that you know baker will not trade unless he receives the earth in return yep. um and yet ruling yep would would trade anything frankly so
1: yeah yeah exactly it's really
0: did, uh, given baker the control of the app um because yeah smart could, yeah get interesting but it does make trading uh, a little bit challenging doesn't
1: it yeah i dread to think what what would have been if chris was in charge of the app maybe trades between him and ed would have just been off, off a scale wild so probably sensible
0: yeah so Playoff run for you, Valen, uh, assuming that uh, you make the right team selections.
1: Big assumption. Next, yeah.
0: The aforementioned ballings duo is next on my list. Um, You mentioned that they took Bijan Robinson first, which I think was the right pick. They then subsequently went on and took Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Will Levis and Trey Palmer, which was a bit of a homer pick for Orleans, I think. Um, in the defensive expansion, which they hated more than anybody else uh, and really uh, made it very yeah. friendly, not enjoying themselves, Christian Wilkins, Ligeris, We uh, Sneed, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, Donovan and Wilson. And then they were active in the free agency market, spending the money they didn't want to spend uh, on defensive players, uh, on incredibly mediocre uh, offensive players. They added Van Jefferson... Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jerome Ford, Zeke Elliott, Kirk Cousins and Sean Tucker. So they added uh, a lot of players in, in free agency. Um, your thoughts on, on the Ballings team and, and their prospects for the season?
1: Um, it, it sucks. I mean, their team is terrible um, and uh, <laughs> they will finish above me inevitably. But I mean, that free agent list, I mean, what, what is that? What 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 is that? I like the P Ryan pick, especially like Javante Williams clearly isn't gonna be hundred percent um to start with, but what what are you doing, guys? Why you, you know, Will Levis is now quarterback free for the Titans. Um the free agents are just, yeah, pretty murderous, murderous row, isn't it, of just not even mediocrity. I was gonna say mediocrity, but that is generous. Um so yeah, I, I, I think it sucks, if I'm honest. I think that that seems terrible. So yeah. Anyway, uh, it'd be lovely to do business with you guys if you want, <laughs> you know, to swap a tight end now that I've sweet talked to you so much. Um so yeah, hit me up, you know where I am.
0: Shall we preempt what they're gonna say in the WhatsApp chat tomorrow morning? Van Jefferson is now the wide receiver one at the Rams. Samajé Pide yeah. is the running back one at the Broncos because Javante Williams can't stay fit. Tannehill we got for nothing. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Ford is going to take over uh, once Joe Mixon gets injured. Zeke Elliott is better than Ramondo Stevenson. Kirk Cousins was QB six last season, and Sean Tucker's now the the running back two for the Bucks. But don't don't even bother putting it in the chat, guys. We've said it all. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I don't
2: care.
0: <laughs> I, do, I do. I I you know they had to take Bijan. Um, he's, a, he's yeah a, yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't. Thought themselves into doing something daft and not take Bijan. That that's the right pick. Um, I also think taking Jackson Smith and Jigba was was good, particularly where they got him. Uh I, I think he's he's going to be a good player. Like you, I don't like Levis. Um, didn't like him going into the draft and certainly don't like him now. He's behind Malik Willis, who last season was utterly dreadful. Um, I don't really know anything about Trey Palmer, um, but he's made the Bucks roster, so uh that's Good, I think. Um, looking more deeply at their roster, um, I think the QB room looks really challenging unless they can get Cousins, unless Cousins kind of performs. Yeah. Last season, which is it's an outlier when you look at his fantasy performance where he was last season, but new coaching, right? Um, they've got Pickett in the taxi squad, which I, I think is kind of a strategic play for... Well, if we're not doing that yeah. well, leave him there for another season. But if we are doing well, he can come out. I, I would anticipate him coming out because I, I think Pickett could have a could have a half decent season.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I think he he showed signs towards the, the end of last season, but but that, that would be possible. And I think yeah, you know, um, if you want a, a reliable, steady player, is Steelers, isn't it? Well coached. So I think um, I think by the end of the season, he'll probably. Um, in their lineup most weeks, I, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you would have thought so. Um, we talked about their tight ends. No more needs to be said, they've got the best tight end room in the league. Yeah, really, really strong. We should look to leverage that into some some trade moves. Um I think overall, I think this team remains outside playoff contention this season. It would be a surprise going from one oh one into playoff contention anyway. Um I think that they should be looking to find ways of suppressing their results this season uh, and uh, trying to get a QB in next year's draft because there are a few that look very, very good um, and it'll allow their team to get better and make a surge in the following season. Makes sense. Kyle, last season's champion. Obviously didn't have a lot of draft capital because he, he made some moves in season. Uh, so he added Rasheed Rice and Darnell Washington uh, through the draft. Uh, defensive expansion. He added uh, T.J. Watt, Zaire Franklin, Devon Witherspoon, Pat Sertain, and uh, Jalen Carter. And then some free agents I've never heard of: uh, Michael Wilson, Dwayne McBride, Xavier Hutchinson, Jaden Reed, Stetson Bennett, and Foster Moreau. Um, so. You can't say too much because he was the champ. He bossed it last season. He had the best team. He had the best yeah. team And he absolutely deserved to win the league. He traded away his first-round pick to, to, to somewhat help him get there by getting uh, Nick Chubb. Um, and, and I think he's kind of looking at a bit of a mini rebuild here. Um, great running back room uh, to to complement um, the, the, the um, mm. great QBs that he's got. Pretty thin wide receiver beyond uh two older guys in Devonte and and Tyler Lockett, um. So I think he's one wide receiver injury away from from having a real struggle at the position uh, this season. Mm. Um, I, I think he's he's added some good veterans at, at defensive uh, positions, um. So he he could be strong there, and I would imagine that at some point he's going to elevate Aiden Hutchinson off of his taxi taxi squad because
1: yeah sure
0: at the end of last season and obviously he's a he's a former high pick. Was he what was he first overall pick Hutchinson or second? I can't remember now.
1: Um second I think, yeah.
0: So he was he was great last season. Um so overall for me, really hard to write off the champ in a, in a follow up season. I've got written down here on my notes that he's a fringe playoff contender, but as I said I wasn't going to sit on the fence. Mm-hmm. I think he misses yep. it. One spot okay, it was interesting. Down, I had another fringe playoff contender that I've now inadvertently pushed into change of mind. I'm not entirely yeah. comfortable with that, right? But we'll come back to that. What are you yeah. any, anything yeah. else yeah. Kyle's team? Because I've sort of monologued over that.
1: No, I, I think I've seen, yeah, it you know, it's hard to say because he won, won it last year, isn't it? I think, um, ask me again next week and I'll be more complimentary, but I play Kyle in three separate leagues this week so um, for those purposes I I guess I have to say his team is just absolutely terrible I hate it, he's made terrible decisions this off-season, it sucks I'm going to beat him in all three leagues Um, yeah, and then ask me this next week I'll be 0-3 against Kyle's
0: teams and my (laughs) tune will have changed slightly I, I love the confidence, I love the intensity (laughs) <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, last season's lead punching bag um, certainly from a podcast perspective I promised to be nicer to Jake this season
2: okay Yeah. Uh,
0: so Jake uh, Jake added through the draft Tank Bigsby, Josh Downs and Tajay Spears, I should add that he didn't have a first round pick because he uh, made a trade with me towards the end of last season, uh, giving up his first round pick for the Andre Swift um, through the defensive expansion I think he added quite well in Isaiah Simmons, uh, Will Anderson Uchenna Nwosu I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly and uh, Damar Hamlin uh, who I, I don't know whether that was kind of like a feel-good pick or whether he thinks he'll be
1: yeah.
0: a defensive player, hard hard to really say at this point Sure, he added a few players through free agency, Sam Howell who we have talked about earlier in the podcast Trey McBride and John Necce who um I think Jake's going for comeback player of the year honors with Tamar mm. and John Matchie. Um maybe you know we could add a, a rule where Jake gets a bonus win if one of his players comes back from a life threatening illness um to, to be successful in the NFL. Sure,
2: well,
1: I mean that would be helpful for him, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. So thoughts on Jake? I think thing?
1: with Jake's running back, some yeah, yeah, I'm interested in his running back room really, because I think the the off-season has been really impactful for his running in positive and ways. So you've got Miles Sanders, you know, start with the negatives first, why not? Miles Sanders leaving, you know, the Eagles going to the the Panthers, pretty significant downgrade, Sanders, in terms of kind of O-line there. Um, Jonathan Taylor, who would have been obviously a a super-duper strong um, player, but who knows how that's going to work out. Uh, for him, Cordaro Patterson, who was, you know, probably not a starter every week, but decent enough player has now been con- probably um, demoted to running back three on that team, and Kareem Hunt, who's now without a team, he will be on a team, you know, week five, week six, something like that, as soon as someone gets injured. I guess positively, you know, some moves, you've got Mattison taking over number one uh, in Minnesota, and, and Swift being traded from the Lions to the Eagles, so he's had a real, quite a dramatic shift in nearly all of his running backs this year, Um so, who knows how that will play out for him. Lots of variation with that, potentially.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you see um, the Sanders move as a downgrade because I think it's an upgrade for him personally. I think mm-hmm. he will have uh, a defined role in Carolina that he didn't have at Philadelphia. Uh, I think he will be a workhorse back for them. Their team is worse, but okay. I, I actually think, um, think yeah. it will actually be good for him.
1: Uh, the reason I think it's a downgrade for him overall is I, I agree with you. I think his volume is going to be better, but I think if you look at their weapons and their team, I can just see a situation where lots of teams are basically setting out to stop a run for the Panthers, and uh, that combined with inevitable game scripts with them down, you know, fourteen twenty-one points or something, I can I can see a situation where his his value, you know, um, counterintuitively decreases as his volume increases, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and, and possibly also to accommodate for the eleven uh, step drop, he's gonna have to start twenty twenty yards. <laughs> yeah. So he might get be behind the line quite a bit.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I d I don't know how he is at taking handoffs at like knee level, but I guess
0: we'll find out. So he's gonna be taking them from like the punter spot, isn't he? Yeah. I I do like Tag Bixby and, and Tajay Spears that, that he's he's added. Yeah. He, yeah. He's,
1: really solid. Yeah.
0: They look good players. Um I don't know that they'll ever be superstars, but they could be productive players and, and maybe that's all all he needs with Sanders and Matheson and the Rumbler. Um if Deshaun if Watson improves this season and, and he hopefully won't because he doesn't deserve to, um, then he's got a, a strong QB room. he's got Ridder in the taxi squad. Um, so he might elevate mm. him if he's um yeah uh, if he's any good. I did see, I think just before we were coming on that Christian Watson was on the injury report this week. Um, which which is not a good sign uh, either for, right. for or for um, or, or for the the Green Bay Packers. Um, Jake's tight ends are really strong. Um, I, I think he's a playoff contender. Well, in fact, he he probably is a playoff contender. Maybe the Jack Rawlings addition, which is probably the biggest addition of the of the mm. offseason, and yeah, massive. Just referring to this as Jake, and, and maybe we need to come up with some kind of Jake and Jack. Uh, combination like we did with the ballings duo, um, jawlings would seem to be the wrong thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or maulings. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll come up with something during the season. Maybe, maybe Jack's steadying influence.
2: Yeah, can
0: yeah. help Jake make some good decisions uh, that he didn't make towards the end of last season that saw him mm-hmm. uh, crash and burn in the playoffs. I said I was going to be nice to Jake, didn't I? Yeah,
1: I, I think um... he <laughs> did. Yeah. I mean, mm, well, actually, I I don't know. You might have to, you know, listen back, um, you know, um, but I think you said nicer. So I think you've you've actually done that, I would say, compared to last season, given, you know, where we were last year. I think that was pretty good, pretty nice compared.
0: Okay, so first podcast back, and we ran into some technical difficulties towards the end of uh, our section on Jake and Jack's team. Um, I was just being incredibly complimentary to Jake and my audio cut out and my internet went down. So unfortunately that's been lost to the sands of time um, and I can't repeat the wonderful things uh, I said. So we're just going to have to go on and Jake, you're going to have to take it on trust that I was um, I was really nice about you. Um, so we'll, we'll just go with that anyway. Uh, moving on, two teams left. Next one we'll go to, we'll go with Ed Lamb, a.k.a. Taylor. He added through the rookie draft, uh, the uh, heavily mentioned in this podcast, Bryce Young, Zach Charbonnet. Sounded like I'd had too much Chardonnay there. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, Zach Evans, and uh, also mentioned earlier, Keishon Booty. Through the defensive expansion, Trayvon Diggs, Greg Rousseau. Bobby Okereke, Traymon Edmonds and Chris Jones. And then he didn't add any free agents either. Um, I think he was a bit unlucky last season. There's no way I should have made the playoffs given the amount of circumstances that had to happen for me to make the playoffs. Uh, But for some reason they did. Um, I don't feel like Ed's done a lot to strengthen his team for this season. Um, I do think Young and Charbonnet could be good future assets, but I don't feel like they're going to contribute this season. Um, his QB room is very dubious unless Dak somehow gets back to his 2019 production. Uh, and I've got to say, all the coverage coming out of camp about him have not been promising in that regard. Uh, and I think them signing Trey Lance is a bit of a warning sign uh, that they have some concerns about Dak. His running back room is disgusting. um, And I don't think he has uh, a running back that starts in many other teams uh, in this league. But to counter that, he has great wide receivers and really strong tight ends. Um, So what about you? What are your thoughts on uh, the Taylors team?
1: Um, I, I... My main thoughts are around, you know, potential trade partner here. We have to get something done with his tight end room. Um and his his running backs, as you say, it's, it's honestly, you know, you said it's disgusting. I'm looking at the team now. It is it is shockingly bad. It is so bad. It's almost impressive in how bad it is. Um and he's got tight ends, four tight ends that are, are really viable starters. Kelsey, a Schultz, Higby—you know Schultz and Higby, maybe less so long-term and and in terms of pure talent, but both in really good spots for fantasy production in terms of volume. So, yeah, I think Ed, we've got we've—I'm sorry—I'm using the podcast as a, as a you know um, to just do it, just Ed, come on, we've got yeah, we've got to sort this out. Maybe Sunday we can have a little conflab around what what we're looking at. Maybe we can draw up some kind of under the table shenanigans. I know you love a bit of collusion. I'm not averse to that. So yeah. Um I think we need to sort something out because yeah, his this might be overselling it, but genuinely his running back room is it's so bad, isn't it? It's terrible. It really is awful.
0: It should also be noted that we're on the eve of the season and Ed is currently five players over the roster limit. Um <laughs> Right. So he needs I know messages Yeah. I message him yeah. He needs to Good make spot. By tomorrow, uh, or I'm going to make some cuts for him.
1: Okay, so can we do on on? So he needs to make five cuts. Should we do over unders on how many of those are running backs? I'm going to go for. I think he cuts three running backs.
0: What are we, Kenyon Drake's gone? Surely.
1: Yeah.
0: James yeah. Robinson.
1: He's gone. Yeah, he, he's probably not signing for another team, is he?
0: I mean, Corey Davis has retired. So
1: yeah, okay. He's probably gonna be cut then.
0: Um well I think
1: I think Booty might get the, the swing, you know, the swing of the axe might be coming.
0: Nah, Ed'll keep Booty just just for uh banter. Um I think he's probably gonna make some, some cuts in the defensive players. And then what do you reckon? What what do we reckon for the last one? I don't know who Zach Evans is. Um so could 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 be him. Um what else? What else is on there?
1: I mean, yeah, Zach Evans was a player. I think it'll be. I think it should be Spiller.
0: Yeah, that's a good shout. I good think show. it.
1: It yeah, I should mean, or will be Spiller
2: is my opinion.
0: Foresight to put Cooper Cup on IR. Mm. Or maybe he just left him on there from last season. I don't really know. Uh, one or <laughs> another he's not been paying attention. Um, which is reflect. Yeah the paucity of his running back room. Um, yes Ed hit me up you can have have your pick I've got loads of choice yeah I think he misses the playoffs Um, Mm. you can't get into the playoffs with running backs that poor and uh, I'm also banking on Dak not being very good and so him not getting enough from his quarterbacks this season Um, Vanilla Vic I'm sure will be fantastic Ed Any final thoughts on Ed?
1: As, as no, a, I, I agree with what you've said. Otherwise, you know, wide receivers and tight ends really strong. I, I liked his um, defensive uh, expansion draft; I thought it was really good. And yeah, his, his quarterbacks—he's kind of he's on thin ice, I'd say. But yeah, there's a, there is a, a realistic prospect with Dak has maybe one more, one or two more good seasons, and, and Daniel Jones is fantasy viable. But beyond that, he's really hoping on Bryce Young and probably another rookie next year, I think, for longer term quarterback play.
0: Yeah. Last team then is my team. Um, Off season additions CJ Stroud, Devon A. Chain, Sam Laporta, Roshan Johnson, and Israel Abanikanda, maybe. Uh, defensive expansion I added Logan Wilson, Key Walker, uh, Ryan Burns, Jaquan Brisker, and Dre Greenlaw, who may end up getting cut. And uh in the free agency uh Palooza, I added Zach Moss from the Colts. Um I will not analyse my own team too much and I will hand that baton over to you.
1: Sure, yes. I think um I I, I like the running back um sorry, I like the the rookie drafts, you know, um chain for the Dolphins and Laporta, especially for the Lions. I think he's getting loads of hype as as you know, being a really important part of their offense and catching everything was camp. So, obviously, take that with a, a pinch of salt, but some good hype coming out. Some good linebackers in the uh, defensive draft. Um, as you said earlier, you know, maybe a bit lucky to make the playoffs, especially the way that the uh, specific requirements ended last week of the regular season. Um, but yeah, some good additions, I think. I think your running back room is also pretty thin, so it would be remiss of me to fail to mention again there's a potential trading partner around. I think you'll be looking at Jalen Warren probably to, to have a big season when you and there were some signs last year that he might end up taking over um, from Najee in the backfield at Pittsburgh. So um, I don't know what your hopes for Warren this year. Do you think he's got a realistic prospect of becoming running back one for them?
0: I think maybe more a timeshare. Um, I, I, I don't think they're ready to give up on Najee yet. Um, and I'm not sure that Warren is kind of uh, in, talented enough to displace him. I don't think he's the Tony Pollard to the to the Zeke Elliott here. Um, but I think he's good enough to mix in and, and maybe end up in a kind of 60-40, 60, 40, 60 uh, you know, 55-45 type split with with Najee. But that's just because I don't think Najee's is a very good player, which, again, I think I made pretty clear last season. Um, I, yeah, my running back room is is thin. It's not as thin as Ed's, um, but um, it it's it's relying a lot on kind of players to emerge and um, Damian Pierce to continue to be good. So uh, I will be looking to add there. Maybe we could talk separately about um my yep. greatness of my wide receivers and the greatness of your running backs and how we make something happen there.
1: Yeah, I think your your wide receiver room is just unbelievably strong really not only is it strong with with players who are um you know contributing now but for the future if you think you know you've got Waddle, Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave um, Alave, and Devonta Smith as well as more kind of seasoned veterans like Cortland Sutton, AJ Brown and you know Deontay Johnson who's a bit fantasy unreliable but even the depth even your worst wide wide receivers are, are pretty strong so I think um that could be worth you thinking about in terms of leveraging some of that for strengthening elsewhere, potentially.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, before we recorded the podcast, I had concerns about the Nick Bosa holdout. Uh, I no longer have those concerns uh, because fantastically timed, he signs a mega five-year $170 million deal, uh, which I love. He's an amazing player. Uh, It will obviously hold the 49ers back in cap terms in future years. But you can't let a player like Nick Bosa walk out the door, he's just insanely good so I'm frankly delighted this evening and uh, you know mm. talking separately about betting on him for uh, defensive player of the year and I think we should do that
1: Yeah I think so too, good value uh, at the odds he's got, especially since he won it last year and you know he's had 30 plus sacks hasn't the last couple of years so I think we've uh, presumed Super Bowl window in, in San Francisco which is you know open more than most windows, I guess. And and the NFC being so weak, I, I agree with you. It makes sense to sign him more than it might have done even five years ago. Um I think it's a good signing, obviously really, really good signing. And um yeah, he, he obviously as well holds a special place in the rumbler's heart as a somewhat of a saviour for us. So um yeah. Good to see that he signed, re signed for the for the Niners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Overall, I I had down on my notes, fringe playoff team along with Kyle. But since I buried Kyle earlier and said he wasn't making the playoffs, I guess Hmm. I'm now saying that my team will make the playoffs because we need to have a fourth playoff team. I don't have loads of confidence about that, but fuck it. Let's just go for it.
1: Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Backing yourself. I like it.
0: Yeah. Well, more than Kyle anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, that's the end of the team breakdowns. Any any final thoughts? I'm excited to see how the season progresses, uh, but I, I think we've sort of drained it, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, um, just one last quick thing from me, I guess. If, if you're being nicer to Jake this year, presumably someone will take the mantle as your target um, throughout these podcasts week on week. So just curious if you've had any time to think about that, select the you know um that person or, or whether that's something that might emerge for the next few weeks
0: uh to be confirmed to be honest uh you know i think there's a couple of obvious uh opportunities there i've, I've already buried kyle in in the in the non-playoff contender, so he won't be happy about that uh rulington baker picked up kurt cousins so you know there's there's, mm. there's that um you know there'll never be any animosity towards the rumblers so three of you are safe um mm. We just and um, we just got to pick and choose between the rest. I think it would be unfair
1: to to focus on Jack Rawlins. I think maybe he gets a pass for this year as well. Does he?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, as as I said in the lost audio, the guy's been through enough in the last twelve months, and now he's partnered up with Jake. So <laughs> you know, it would be quite unkind of us to to really pick on him at this point.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah,
0: we'll give him a season.
1: But I'm I'm really I'm really happy he's he's joined the league as as co-manager. I think um I think that'll be great. I think that's going to be good fun actually.
0: Yeah, definitely, it will be good. Moving on then to our final section of today's bumper podcast, man versus autodraft. Um, this was something that you kind of mooted a bit last season that you, after quite a lot of um abuse is probably a strong word but uh, I would say yeah, yeah. peak of your fantasy management um it was suggested that uh you would perform worse than just the computer auto drafting and so you have come up with an experiment very scientifically put together i might say um can you tell us a little bit about the experiment itself and and kind of what what made you decide that you were finally going to take the plunge into a full-on AI experimentation?
1: Well, it is it is partly, you know, inspired by AI. I think um, it, it, it's an interesting experiment. I think it's, it's obviously come from years of what I would call unwarranted, um, you know, uh, I, I would say abuse, but, you know, that, that's me. I, I think I'm going to lean into the, the over-dramatized version of this and say abuse about my fantasy performance. And, yeah, essentially, would I do better in a season if I just... You know was in the league but essentially didn't look at my phone maybe didn't even have a sleeper and just just let what happened happen so um, it's a really difficult thing to to obviously evaluate um scientifically and, and there have been some comments around kind of methodological choices but I'm pretty happy with the the design um, given that you know testing this in a in a truly scientific um, objective way is is essentially impossible um so what I'm doing is a, a 10. Team league, um, me and nine auto drafted teams. One of the team is kind of the focus as my opponent, essentially answering the question, Am I better than an auto drafted team? Um, and what will happen is um, I'll play uh, a, a team as standard, as will the key team, their robot five in that league. Um, and um, at the end of the season, we'll have three metrics to go on to see whether, I, in fact, I, I am better. And that is Uh, The three main metrics for fantasy football performance has total points over the season, win-loss record, and um, obviously who goes furthest in the playoffs. Um, And the reason for those um, three metrics are they are the most common kind of judgments of what better might mean. That's the definition of better in fantasy football. But also we needed an an odd number to test this. I I would have hated to put so much time and effort into this and get to the end of the season with uh, essentially a one-one draw, so one of the teams scores higher, but the other team has a better win-loss record, um, because you could argue that well, that doesn't really prove either way who's better. Essentially.
0: Okay, so t- so talk me through the weekly ins and outs. You said you you play a team as normal, so you've drafted your team. Yep. Do you do you pick your team every week
1: so i'm acting completely as a human I'll, I'll pick my team every week i'm not bound by any kind of restrictions on who i pick so I, i'm absolutely free to make my uh, horrendous lineup choices and um, unlimited time spent agonizing over it apparently which i think is unfair frankly is a a mischaracterization of me um <laughs> whereas the auto drafted teams um are bound by um some laws essentially so they their team selection is the the highest projected team selection, which already in week one has made some pretty interesting choices of, you know, um, big players being benched for for less kind of well known players or less highly drafted players because their projections are higher. Um, but that's a, a good way of, of testing the the hypothesis of uh, of me being you know better uh, in quotes than than an auto drafted team. So I will play against. Um, a team with a full lineup that's kind of selected by projections, the robot, the the key robot, which is robot five will also play against the full team. So by the end of the year, we'll have um, full records, you know, 14 games as, as anyone would in a human league.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's interesting. So I think as we know from last season, you know, when I tracked team performance versus projections and maximum scores, um, very rarely did teams actually outstrip projections, so yeah, that mm-hmm. that's really interesting. That that's the matchup that you put yourself against when you're having to, as a human, make imperfect choices. So I, I think you're actually probably putting yourself somewhat at a disadvantage there, which which is which is interesting.
1: Yeah, because and, and I think so. I've made a couple of design choices that do put me at a slight disadvantage, or or do compared to other options and that was because i wanted to have a really um kind of as as objective as possible of an experiment and really stick to the to the main question of am i would i perform better as a human including making really bad decisions compared to an autodraft draft who uh, whose decisions might be bad but are are prompted by the the projections um
0: and, and and so you, you have decided to effectively head to head yourself over the course yep. of the games, one, as you call the key auto draft team. Yeah. Why choose that method rather than saying, we'll just see if you finish in the top four versus all of the auto drafted teams?
1: Because um, essentially, the, the question is, would I do better than an auto drafted team? So the ideal way of of testing that hypothesis who is better essentially that's the main question isn't it um first the main question is would i do better than an auto-drafted team okay so the only way of testing that perfectly is having a multiverse where Mm -hmm. in one league i am me as a human and another league the robot is me Okay, you can't even do that by cloning. Let's say I cloned the League of Legends and had everyone having the same teams and everyone making exactly the same um, kind of waiver decisions. Then me as a robot in that league, the problem with that is that one one of my teams needs to be drafted first. So I'd either be a human draft, I'd have a human drafted team or an auto drafted team in both leagues. Okay, that's the only way of doing it. Essentially, having a multiverse, um and ideally you'd have like I don't know about 60 leagues running simultaneously, with 11 versions of Spike, 11 versions of Shiner, 11 versions of Steve, all drafting exactly the same, the same knowledge, with the same skills, and then half the leagues me being me, and half the leagues me being a robot. Unfortunately, my research budget didn't stretch to creating 60 multiverses, so this is where I've settled, and and the main reason. Just just uh, briefly on this, but I haven't just done um, me versus you know a league of legend clone team uh, league with twelve teams is that then that would flip the research question to say essentially, would I do better against humans or would I do better against robots but i'm not asking that question I'm not asking if the humans are better or the robots are better I'm asking am I better than a robot and once you leave Beside the multiverse possibility, essentially what you need to have to test that hypothesis as, as fairly and objectively as you can is um identical conditions. Um so it doesn't matter if I clone the League of Legends or not, because both me and the key robot team have identical conditions under which we're performing.
0: Okay. I, I like I like the, the theory there. I, I was sort of as I was thinking about it, I was like. Why don't we just? Why doesn't Val just set this up as a best ball league? But then that takes away one of the criticisms of you is the in season overthinking, the, the lineup decisions that um, we pointed out last season may or may not have cost you a playoff spot in the in the breakaway league. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it will be interesting to see how it goes along. How can we follow the uh, the man versus also draft?
1: Um, You can follow by uh, following the Instagram page. Um, There is uh, going to be probably weekly updates, just essentially the results, me and and the key robot team. The Instagram page is uh, man underscore versus underscore autodraft. Not very catchy, but um, you can find it easily enough. Um, And yeah, open to kind of comments from people and and, and criticisms. There have been some, as I said earlier, some methodological concerns, but um, quite frankly, this this probably is the, the best version that is available. Um, so yeah, follow along. Um, of course, if I start 0 and 6 and the key robot is 6 and 0, that Instagram account will probably be deleted quite swif- swiftly and you'll never hear about it again. But um, I'm assuming that I'm going to win this year, um, at least two to one, hopefully three to zero with all the, the free criterion. But um, yeah, follow along um, for updates.
0: Um, well, I, yeah. I think I'll have you on at least two or three times this season on this podcast to 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 do updates on Man versus a Draft. You know, sure. it's a lovely uh, lovely overlap between what what what's going on here and what's going on there. I I look forward to in future when generative AI can actually be genuinely real time and access real time information. You mm-hmm. might be in a situation where you could play live against an AI. Uh, making fantasy football decisions and that would be fascinating to see uh what at what point because it will happen at what point ai can make better decisions on fantasy football than humans
1: yeah yeah it, w- it will be interesting especially for people who are in kind of leagues where there's financial incentive as well i mean i'm sure there's there's a market there for someone to create you know access to that kind of thing for let's say i don't know twenty dollars a year or something for people who are playing for hundreds and thousands of year um of dollars per year so I'm sure that's going to happen sooner than we might imagine probably
0: I, I would imagine it will be ready for next season I'm sort of half surprised it's not ready now um, mm. but I think uh, a lot of people will be working on statistical and analytical models already and, and just plugging an AI front on that and um, mm. allowing it to mine that data and make decisions um, will, will be a massive game changer particularly for the betting companies who are going to have to do something mm. to to keep up with
1: it yeah well they always win so i'm sure they'll find a way
0: vegas baby (laughs) cool that was a a really good overview um so you've you've said you're confident let's see
1: i'm pretty confident I'm, i'm confident to a to a human level let's say to a human extent i'm embracing the human part of this and really kind of By February, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll go Amish and off grid because I'll I'll hate machines so much, but we will see.
0: Excellent. Brilliant, thank you for um, joining me today, mate. This was uh, a bit of an effort on your behalf, particularly uh, heading into the office to record it um, so that um, you weren't interrupted and had perfect audio conditions. Hopefully the audio from our earlier section is, is not messed up because I will be devastated to lose the first pod of the year, in fact I probably will quit um, yep. but uh, thank you um, any final thoughts ahead of the season?
1: No, um, thanks for having me on the pod, it was great to, to be back really enjoyable to do this, hopefully you know it's enjoyed by people, I think this is going to be quite a, a long pod so um, congratulations if you made it this far um, and really excited for the season ahead I think it's going to be as always another good one and I think it's just really uh, great to be back in this time because we get to February, we get to mid-February and then the realisation sinks in suddenly that oh got to wait a long, long time. So the wait is finally over and yeah, very happy that's the case. Pleased to be
2: back.
0: Yeah, it will be a real test of Chris Rawlins' running stamina if he's able to get through the entirety of this podcast in a single run. Um, So good luck, Chris.
1: Yeah, that would be good. You might might put it on, you know, three times speed or something. That would be fine.
0: Can't imagine how annoying I sound in three times speed. <laughs> All right. Hopefully until next week, uh, where we will be back with a bit of a breakdown of the week and uh, we'll cover some results. Uh, it's been good to speak to you, mate. Until we speak again, let's rock.